Welcome to the Rock and Roll Survivors Podcast, dedicated to those in front of the curtain, behind the curtain, and somewhere in between. I'm Kristen, and on season one, the legendary rock star Patty Quattro joins us to discuss her time with the band Fanny, the fabulous feedback from the international press, David Bowie's contributions to the fifth and final Fanny album, and so much more. So let's get started.
So, Patty, we had already touched upon this on previous conversations, but since we're still talking about the album art of rock and roll survivors, let's talk about these poses on the back. (laughs) And for those who can't see us, I'm holding up the back cover and you can Google this and see it online. So, Patty, we talked about your pose, your Varushka pose, but let's talk a little bit about the others. Okay, well, that Varushka one, I mean, I was modeling, at, as I explained, I was fronting a line for our our costume designer. So I had a lot of ordinary model pictures, and I knew how to pose. But that's what your daddy wanted, you know, to show off the legs and do that. And Jean always went for more the sexy pose, you know, I don't know if that was your dad's influence. And it's only my opinion, but you see her standing there, you know, whoo. Look at me. Oh, Nick, I, I can just interrupt for one second. That was a hundred percent my dad. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. yes. I mean, that it's just me, my opinion, you know, when I look back at it. Brie has always been uh real out there in front, you know, and has that kind of personality. She's very funny, she'll say lines, she'll I mean, some of the TV interviews, she just always has a a joke to say, you know, right or wrong, that's her personality is to get out there and say something memorable. And so her sticking her leg up, I mean, that's, that's Brie, you know, like, ah, you know, (laughs) it's sort of muggy, you know, whatever. I mean, she loves, you know, doing that. Nikki was the most obvious to me. You know, I've had it. Look at me. That is so Nikki, that pose with the wig and everything. She just went for it. So that's my impression of those poses. I love it. And and just to say this again, Nikki wanted to wear that rainbow afro. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That was not already disenchanted with management. You know, she always had a hard on about what was being done or whatever. That was her, you know. And of course, by then... She was even more disenchanted. You know, she was going to, I'm going to wear this wig and put it to him. And I've had it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. One of the things that we talked about before, but in this context, I want to remind people that it was David Bowie who came up with the concept of these kind of raggedy costumes. Yeah. And yeah. it was very ba- Basil or is it Basil? Basil. Mary Basil. Yeah. Who basically conceived of the costume. She interpreted it. Interpreted. And it turned out fabulous. Yeah. I, I love it. I think so too. Yeah. So we had been talking about this very long list of special thanks on the back cover. And you told me about the name on there, Sherry. Is it Sherry McCormick? Sherry McCormick, who's passed on, but she was pretty important in the Detroit scene. She, first of all, we had a neighbor that made us an entire video show in the Pleasure Seekers. And he was the first one. This is, I mean, you're talking 1964 and he's making this camera thing and everything. And we had it at our shows. So we had something unusual to our performance. And then it translated, you know, I'm I'm sure he talked with Sherry, whatever. And when the ballrooms got huge in Detroit, Sherry ran the light show, the big light show on the screen behind the bands. And she was famous for it. I mean, she was an amazing girl. She lived in our basement. That's another story. We had the the passing hotel door, you know, from everyone who needed a place to stay. My mother was amazing that way. And Sherry, Sherry did those shows. She did the light shows. And they were phenomenal. 
the Grandy Ballroom in the East Town in Detroit had amazing light shows real early. Well, and it makes me think about how cool putting the mirrors on your guitar must have looked as Sherry is lighting all of this up. Yes. Yeah. And it's these are two women doing this on top of it all, let alone that it's a female band. I just I love that. I love that. One of the other names on the list that I wanted to talk to you about, because you and I have a lot of connections here, but also it's a real moment. It's a time capsule, a historic moment on Sunset Strip. And this is 1974. And one of the names on the back of the album is to Elmer Valentine. And for those who don't know who he is, he was the co-founder of the Whiskey A-Go-Go, the Roxy, and the Rainbow Barn Grill, which is next door to the Roxy. Right. So that leads me to, I want to talk a little bit about this, these historic buildings there because you've played in them. But also it was interesting to me looking at this list that Lou Adler, who was a co-founder and owner with Elmer Valentine, was not on this list. And my dad and Lou were very dear friends. Yeah, that's odd. Odd. But the reason why I wanted to bring up Elmer Valentine and Lou Adler and the Roxy and the Whiskey is because the next name on the list being thanked is none other than Sir Tim Curry, although, oh he, although he wasn't Sir then. And <laughs> I want to talk about this because I'll just say my little piece, Patty, but I want you to go with it because I was a little kid. But the Rocky Horror Show, this is before the picture show, was an original Broadway show cast right. brought out to the Roxy, which was a huge moment because that had never been done there before. And you were there and saw all these performances. I do remember my dad was just gaga over it. So was Jeannie. They were still together. He brought the album home, the original Broadway album. I listened to it. So go ahead and talk a little bit about your experiences going to the show. Well, I'm going to go back a second to Sunset Strip. Sunset Strip. I mean, if you can imagine, I mean, I landed in a hotbed of artistic creativity. That Sunset Strip was popping all the time. It was crowded. People wanted to hear the music, see the art, see whatever. And those places you mentioned, that was it. You know, we went there often whenever we weren't on the road or something. We hung there and all the musicians wanted to be there. It was an amazing era. And I don't don't know if it'll ever be repeated. I've never seen anything like it. It was like New York City Broadway, except LA. It was the strip. You know, it was just magic. I, I would just, I don't mean to interrupt, but just for those who have not been there, the strip, its a, that's a very short geographical yeah. street, basically. I mean, sunset goes on from the ocean Forever. all the way down. It's a few blocks. It's a yeah. few blocks. And it, you really could walk from the Roxy down to the Whiskey. The trip oh. was down on Santa Monica Boulevard, but the sunset strip was where everything was happening. Gazari yeah. would later be there. But anyway. Oh, yeah. It's historic. It's historic. It's written about all the time. I think every name person played there at one time or another. The whiskey, the rain, you know, the um, Roxy, whatever. Tim Curry. Oh, my God. Let me say again, the Pleasure Seekers, I mean, Cradle, had written about the gay issue. Very tongue-in-cheek, which when we get there, you'll hear the song. It was very much on the gay issue, and we just blasted it right out there in our lyrics. And here comes Tim Curry. Years later, this is decades, you know, we were, uh, Cradle was 68 to 73. So this is later. 
And here he comes doing the same damn thing right in your face, right on stage. I have never, ever seen such a performance of that show as he created with his rendition. There's no comparison to the movie. If you were lucky enough to go there and hang, and we went there every night when they were playing that show. It was unbelievable. He was magic, just magic the way he did it. It was so genuine. Nobody could have performed it like that. The movie didn't even come close to what he did on stage. He was amazing. And you were talking about the fact that everybody had a crush on him. It didn't matter. Everyone. It didn't matter. Boy, girl, whatever. He was so hot in that role. You were just drawn to it. You know, I want that, you know, so honest and genuine and. You you and I were talking about this before that my father, for those who don't know, I mean, it's legendary, is probably one of this. Well, one of the straightest men during that era. Yes. I mean, really, you know. So I, was I. I was. I was you were straight, straight too. But, whole life. Yes. but I know even my dad thought Tim Curry was what? the end all be all, including that my dad started having Jeannie paint this deep blue nail polish on just one toe of his foot yeah. like, just kind of avant-garde and you know irreverent enough so i mean i don't think enough can be said about the influence of tim curry and the rocky horror show at that oh moment. magic nobody could strut that ramp like tim curry he just made you you just wanted to be next to him and hear anything he had to sing or say and we did we hung with him a lot we became very close with him because we were there so much and the connections and everything he was amazing yeah, oh, love that. I love that. Well, I listened as a as a kid. I listened to that Broadway album night and day. You were reminding me that we were listening to it and dancing to it in Europe oh, all the time, all the time. You it know, was- when you think about kids uh, today, they they celebrate that on Halloween or whatever. You know, it's a big thing at theaters and they play it. They can't imagine, and they see the movie, but. And it's that's why it's so historic. I mean, to have that kind of recognition years later that it's still a thing. And if they had seen the real show, oh, they would have shipwrecks. I'm telling you, there's no comparison between that and the movie. But that's all they have. That's all they have to memorize. You know, unless somebody taped him. I mean, I'm, there must be something around that I, I haven't seen it. I've never seen it. Yeah. I've never seen it. Also, the idea of it being celebrated now on Halloween, it just takes it to a a campy, campy level. Whereas at the moment, there were these huge social issues being not only talked about, but explored and celebrated. That's what I love. That's what I loved about it. He put it, what we had discussed tongue in cheek in Cradle, he actually put it right out there in your face. And every it was it was so cool to have someone do that finally.
let me show you around Maybe play you a sound You look like you're both pretty grooving Or if you want something visual That's not too abysmal We could take in an old Steve Reeves movie Well, I'm glad we caught you at home But could we use your phone? You see, we're both in a bit of a hurry We'll just say where we are Then we'll go back to the car We don't want to be any worry Well, you got caught in a flat Well, how about that? Well, babies, don't you panic By the light of the night It'll all seem all right I'll get you a satanic mechanic I'm just a sweet transvestite Women up and jam Why don't you stay for the night, or maybe a bite? I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan, and he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite <laughs> from transsexual Transylvania. to the lab and see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation but maybe the rain is really to blame so I'll remove the cause <laughs> But not the symptom you know? I love it. I will always forever love him. I think he's incredible. So, Patty, you had talked about it before we wrap up this conversation. This was off off the interview, but I really appreciated what you had to say about my dad and this album. And mm-hmm. now the fifth Fanny album, he's made the deal with Neil at Casablanca and things are finally really, really, really happening or at least starting to. And you had said that you appreciated how much my dad appreciated others who had helped him and you along the way and that that special thanks list is long and unique. So I'd love you to say something. Your dad was a real mover and shaker, hard-nosed New Yorker, came to L.A., made his, you know, stand and... He was so successful and he was so into Fanny and put all his energy in it. We couldn't have asked for someone more supportive of us making it, you know, and and breaking through. And he did everything he could to make that happen. And he was so cognizant of all the people in his arena that helped, you know, a manager, a PR guy, whoever it was. You know, he had so many connections and he was uh, he was so sweet. I mean, he took me into his home, gave me an apartment to live in and, you know, cooked for us. He was just a great guy. And 
I have nothing bad to say about him. You know, I know there's stuff out there, but he treated me really good and, and took care of us. And for that, I'll always be grateful. I'm not surprised he had a huge list of people he wanted to include on the album cover. 